I think we're recording. I forgot how this thing works. We're live. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. What's up, Trauma Fam? Welcome back to the Drama Pod. My name is Rachel. I'm surprised you remember the intro. And I'm Anna. <laughs> and we're back with another juicy episode. Yeah, it's nothing but consistency here out here. You know, like you guys can just, you know exactly when to expect another podcast. So yeah, once a quarter, we told you. Yeah, I guess we're keeping up with that one. Are you I'm sick? At, oh I'm my god! No, I'm not. But every time I get on the podcast, every quarter that I get on the podcast, she's emotional because she's around me. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I get the sniffles. What can I say? You need to work on your hosting or speaking capabilities. But I feel like you do that a lot on YouTube. Well, I'm not really posting on YouTube anymore. I quit. So end episode. <laughs> No, I have been very inconsistent in many things in my life. And some could say that my life is going downhill fast. <laughs> I uh, I texted Rachel when I was <laughs> gone for my marathon. And I, I, it was, I was kind of bad because I was really excited. And I didn't know that you were really sad. And I said something like, how was your day? And I got this voice memo of like three different things <laughs> that were just like horrible. And she's like, but I'm trying to have a good perspective. Is how it ended. And I was like, oh, gosh. I feel like there's been a theme of this year, and it's Anna's peaking, and I'm the opposite of peaking. I don't know about peaking, but yes. And I mean, I'll agree with you, for sure. <laughs> but, do you hear it? I feel like it comes and goes. Yeah. You should leave these parts in so they can hear the insanity. So I guess I'll go first. Okay. We'll start with the negative, and then we'll switch to the positive. Naturally. So I've been... That's really bothering me. I think you're just like on edge because I can't really hear it. Really? I don't hear anything right now. So anyways. Okay, I heard it. It's like whenever you get loud. When I start talking. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't do that then. Well, I don't know. What? (laughs) Yeah, having the same thing. (laughs) It happened? Yeah. Ah! I think you're just capturing more volume or whatever. Okay, so let's try to be like same volume. Okay, I don't know if you can tell that when it happens, like listening back. Let us know if you guys can hear that little weird, like, uh, we're gonna leave all that in. <laughs> uh, yeah, we obviously haven't done this in a while, but anyways, if you've been keeping up with the vlogs, basically, my life is chaos for several reasons, okay? And I'm trying not to verbalize negativity, but at some point, you have to talk in the about podcast. it. Oh my gosh. So, remind me to talk about my myofascial massage. Okay. So, my hip has been having issues. Okay, first of all, still not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's zoom out. 30,000 feet view here. <laughs> still not pregnant. 12 months. 13, going on 13 now. Just ovulated. So let's see what happens in two weeks. But that was a big one for me. A big milestone. Milestone. What's the opposite of a milestone? Like something you don't want to hit? It's a milestone either way, I guess. I don't know. I guess. I guess so. So that was tough and then on top of that my hip is having issues so how long has that been a month about a month okay about a month and i will blame it on one of two things or both number one the hokas so i bought a pair of hokas because i needed new shoes i went on one walk in them and when i came back from the walk my left side was hurting me my hip all the way down to my foot okay that is proof enough On top of that, around the same time, I cannot confirm if it was before or after that, I did some wide leg squats. I was not present for that, just to clarify. If you were, I would have probably not been injured. (laughs) So I did the squats. I felt fine. That's why I'm so confused as to why this happened. Normally, I do like a regular squat, but I was told that wide leg squats are beneficial. So I tried them, not by Anna, just for the record. I tried them and here we are today. Did they hurt when you were doing them? No, not at all. Like, I felt for, perfectly normal. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm so confused. Like if it's the shoes, I will be so blown away. But that's the only evidence I have was after the walk, my hip was hurting. Like literally I have it on film. I don't know if you recall. I do. And nothing prior, like no nothing signs. Nothing prior. Absolutely not. Besides my arch hurting, which my arch hurts often if I just wear bad shoes like Converse or whatever. So I'm going to sue Hoka, basically, and they need to pay my $40 copay that I paid to go to the sports medicine guy. 
So I go to the sports medicine guy. He's an MD, the sports uh, medicine guy? He's a guy. DO. So okay. D- I like DOs for this particularly because they know how to adjust you. Okay. They learn that type of uh, movement. Okay. Whatever it's called. Osteo something. So it was a two-hour appointment. It was pretty thorough. I got an x-ray and an ultrasound of the hip. My bones were fine, which I kind of knew. And then the ultrasound confirmed no tears, no rips. Didn't see bursitis either. So they concluded that it was external IT band snapping syndrome, which basically means my IT band on my left side, which is the band that runs from your hip to your knee, was snap is snapping over my hip joint on the outside. So that little ball socket that you have, it's snapping. I'm sure you're loving this <laughs> detailed explanation. She's heard this like 50 times from me by now. <laughs> okay, so I, I go to the appointment. He gives me a couple of exercises, tells me to Google the rest. Okay, fine. So I start doing these exercises. This is like three days ago. Now my knee is hurting me like so bad to the point where I can't even put any weight on my left foot. I walked in and she was limping around. (laughs) Yeah. Like a true limping. And that's like new today. And when I was looking up IT band snapping, a lot of the videos were about the knee, the outside of the knee. And I was like, well, thank God I don't have that. (laughs) Like, thank God mine's just the hip. And then today I wake up with the knee thing. So I'm thinking that the exercises are making it worse or making it inflamed. I don't know prayer requests for my left side of my body because something's going on here and it's ruining my life. Let me take that back. It's not ruining my life. That's very dramatic, but it's putting a damper on my mood. Injuries, I think, are some of the most revealing and for me moments of life. So I can agree with this. If we had a podcast two years ago when my foot was broken, it would be a very angry Anna. So what happened with that? I forgot. Like, what was the cause? Do we know? It was just ended up being tendinitis but I also have like, uh, it was like my tight soleus and tendonitis going into my... So how did you heal it? Uh, I did nothing. Like I wore a boot for two weeks and I had steroids for one week. And then I swam for a month and then slowly built up base mileage from running after that. But yeah, I was not able to walk. That's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah, I know it sucks. And that's a very quick recovery the too. The steroids were injections? No, pills, whatever. Did my mom give you those? Yeah. Okay. That's, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that was big. Yeah. That was big for you. I remember you were very distraught. Well, part of it was like running obviously sucks that I couldn't do that. I wasn't running as much as I am now, but it was definitely like the thing that I did or like walking around. But it was to the point where I'd, like the day I remember being really bad is I woke up, stepped out of bed and fell because I was like, oh, wow, I can't move. And then I work from home. I don't move that much at home and I could barely do my like work from home tasks, which mm-hmm. I said are minimal because I just couldn't move. I was like, how am I going to go to the grocery store? <laughs> like I can't. Yeah. Yeah, injuries are literally the worst, and it just makes me grateful for... When you're not injured. Yeah, for my body and whatnot. So overall, I know it'll be okay. It's just very frustrating because it's already been a month, and then he told me it's going to be a couple of months until it's it's better, most likely. That's what he said. I'm confused by him because apparently he has a diagnosis, but has or a timeline, but no diagnosis. That's the confusing (laughs) thing. Well, the diagnosis is IT band snapping syndrome, which seems vague and also should not necessarily be painful because like what it's always rotating. It wasn't painful until today with the knee. Okay. So anyways, Anna has beef with my doctor. I do. Cause he gave you an Instagram person to look up instead of like <laughs> actually giving you exercises. Like gonna... that belittles someone so much in my mind. Well, I, like I said to you earlier, I feel like this person is more of a pain management doctor than a physical therapy type doctor, like rehab doctor. Yeah. So his his, like when I walked in and he evaluated me, he was like, yeah, I don't see anywhere I would inject you here. Meaning like with steroids or, 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 yeah, or yeah, yeah, whatever pain management. So I feel like that was his vibe. So I kind of just went to him cause my mom knows him, but I'm sure there are other people who specialize better in like PT type yeah. stuff. So I may look into that if it doesn't get better, but that's that. And then There were a couple other things that were going wrong in my life all at one time. So my mom's at my mom's office, which is where I work, our receptionist quit. That's always basically on me to kind of fill in when that happens. And luckily we were able to fill the positions really quickly. So that was amazing. We have two new receptionists and they're great. But even though they are great, it's still such a learning curve for them. And I have to be there every day, basically eight to five training making sure the office runs well because 
if a, you forget to enter a payment or whatever, if something posts wrong, it's a big deal. So yeah. basically I had to do the job and teach the job at the same time for two weeks or so. So we're at the tail end of that, which I'm really grateful for. I was able to, I think I'm able to go back to my three days a week starting next week. So I'm oh, really nice. excited for that. Yeah. Uh, missed a couple of YouTube videos, which always depresses me, but at the end of the day, it's okay. Cause you know, priorities and you got to do what you got to do. My car was having issues. Well, I thought it was having issues from that crazy flood. Oh, the floods. That happened. I forgot about the floods. Yeah. The floods. That was crazy. Make sure you watch that video. Cause that was insane. Uh, my check engine light was on. My tires were making weird noises. My windows were rolling down. When the car was off, like I would, <laughs> I would lock the car, walk away from the car. The windows would roll down. I was like, cool. Exactly what you need in South Florida. So um, amidst this whole like training the receptionist thing, um, I was carless. So AJ <laughs> had to drive me to work and pick me up for about a week. Um, and luckily the car came back. They couldn't find anything wrong with it. So God totally saved me there. But the windows don't roll down anymore? They don't. They, okay. it was like a one-time thing. Okay. So, <laughs> but it was after the flood, the day after the flood. So the, I was like, surely yeah. this is bad. Um, but car came back fine. So super grateful to have a car. And now I would say my life is upward trajectory. I think the car is new since our last podcast. Oh yeah. True. I, I, yeah, because in the last podcast, no, we talked about buying, we talked about potentially buying the Audi yeah. and now we have it, which you probably know because if you're listening to this, so, uh, we have a few, I think you don't. So we're just going to keep them up. Okay. So anyways, I bought an Audi Q8 and it's amazing. She I love says it. casually. <laughs> she says, my life is horrible. I bought an Audi Q8. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I really sound ungrateful. So I'm going to stop talking negatively i was just was trying to of, bring up some of the happy things in yeah, the last couple months yeah you're so you're i love you for that oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so those are like the main things and i'm sorry that they're all negative but on the bright side god always comes through right am i right you're not wrong so i'm confident that my hip and my knee will get better eventually i'm confident that i'll get pregnant eventually question mark uh, we can talk about my plans for later this year. Later. Okay. Uh, anyways, let's go to something positive. So Anna ran her first marathon, 26 miles, and she just barely <laughs> missed the cutoff for the Boston Marathon. She was Look at you. five minutes over. Yeah, and she's a little bit more than five, but yes. I think I told you five, but I didn't Which know Which is time. insane because she went... Let me just hype you up for a sec. <laughs> She went into this race thinking she wouldn't qualify by like 20 minutes. I think you told me. Yeah. 10 to 20. Yeah. And she did so well. She beat her own record, her own hypothesis. And she's just four to five minutes short. Exactly. So now she's going to run another one. <laughs> Which makes Rachel really mad. It doesn't make me mad. It doesn't make me mad. Uh, what makes me mad sometimes <laughs> is the dedication that it takes because sometimes it's like okay Anna let's go we have something to do like let's go hang out here or let's do something with people and you're like uh, I can't I have to run or something like that that's the only time where it interferes with my life but I will say I tried I'll talk about this later but I really tried to have that happen as least as possible which is I agree I difficult agree. for Saturdays especially but I'm yeah. sure all of my friends are grateful that it's done as well yeah, yeah, for sure. It's no, it's going to be nice to have Annabelle, basically. Because yes. <laughs> basically, she would run for like four hours on Saturday morning and then need time to recover, which rightfully so. And then go she would have to early go to bed early because she's been running every day. It's not just Saturdays. So it was like a whole thing. It was a But whole I thing. love it for you. I love it for you. The week before her race, you guys, she was so happy, so like excited. I was so good that day. So full of life. And that's when that I got confident. Amazing. That day, you know, when I ran that, that was a 12 mile day. And I did the speed, I think, at which I ended up running the full. But I remember telling you, I was like, I'm scared because I felt really good, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do that next week. And it's kind of mm -hmm. annoying because I was like, I feel really good, but I'm not going to be able to do that next week. And look then at I you. Did, so. so I'm going to ask you some questions. Feel okay. free to answer. Um, how do you feel finishing your first marathon in amazing time? Uh, I think I would have been ha happy. I feel great. 
I will say, I don't, I don't think the time was super on my mind in a good way. Like I said, a very large window of when I expected to be done. And obviously I beat that, but I didn't, I'm truly shocked that I beat that. But like, I think I would have been happy with my generous end of where I was like trying to hit to. So I really just didn't want to walk and I really wanted to get under four hours, which I knew those are pending random events happening should have been able to be done for where so I was at. So for us noobs, uh, Three four hours how, is... What's the mileage time there, like, per so mile? So if you do it four hours, it's a 9.06 mile, and I should Like, I was doing nine-minute miles. But what was your mileage time? Like, 8.13. It's That's almost insane, a minute you guys. I can't even run one mile in 8.13. She ran 26, you guys, back-to-back. Back. Perspective, though. Back the pros back. are out there doing it in, like, 5.15. I don't care what the so. pros are doing. I don't care what they're doing. Room for improvement. But, yeah, no, I, I was happy about that. And the main thing was continuity. Like, I wanted to not stop the entire time. Um which is hard to do when you're training because you have, you don't have water stations. You don't have goose, like all the, I mean, you have goose, I guess, but you don't, there, you can't just like grab water on the fly kind of thing mm -hmm. while you're running in six 30 in the morning in Hollywood, Florida, or sorry, in <laughs> South Florida. And there's like just not stuff or whatever. Um, so that was nice to do that. So I, I feel accomplished. Yes. Very accomplished. Were but you hasn't really, really settled like in yet? high after? I was really excited when it was done. I was really excited because everyone did really well that day. Like everyone who ran was just like in a good mood. So there was no one mad. It was just like a beautiful day. I was never, I kept waiting to get nervous before and I just never was. And I think it was just cause like, as long as I finished, I had done something that I'd never done before. Like as soon as I passed 22 miles, I was like, this is every step I take is the furthest I've ever gone on a run. So mm -hmm. that's like cool. So I'll miss that if I ever do it again. And I'll have like real times that I want to beat. So I think that novelty aspect was really cool that will be lacking any more future ones, um, which will be sad because I probably will be nervous and I'll be mad if I don't get like a better time and stuff like that. But tell us the story about the ankles bleeding. <laughs> okay. So there's different shoes that I wear for when I'm racing versus training. And I was wearing my racing shoes for a couple of long runs prior to the race to like break them in, get used to them and stuff. I already had them, but you're just supposed to do it. So I had done it and I know I get blisters from these shoes because I've worn them a couple of times for my half marathons. And the week before that day you saw me, I'd gone 12 miles and like I had band-aids where I thought the blisters were going to be, but like two miles in, I could feel it. It was like all of a sudden just moved and I could feel this pain. I was like, crap. And I'm like, I'm not going to turn around because by the time I get back, it's going to be like four miles in and it made as well, whatever. So I just ran in like agony for like a quarter of a mile. And then I don't know what happens, but I guess the blister appears, which is probably the quarter mile where it hurts. And then it like rips off and you don't feel it anymore. So I didn't feel it. But that night, I was like bleeding the entire afternoon. Like it was disgusting. Well, you finished the race and you're, you're, well, no, this get, that's the week before. So then I go to Nashville though. And it was like so dry that the, the actual like scabs had not healed. Whereas the weeks before in Florida, they were like healing. Every time I'd run, they bit bleeding and whatever and they heal. But because it was dry air. Exactly. I never like got that second layer of healing. So I never actually felt them at all during the marathon because they just went straight to blood. Like they didn't mm -hmm. even like go to blister. It was just like pouring blood, but I didn't know it till the, the end of the race either. So her, her, the back of her shoe and her ankle was all bloody. Uh, yeah. And some girl asked if you needed a doctor, but you were like so high that you couldn't. Well, I didn't know what she was talking about. So like you finish the race and you like, or walking by yourself for a couple feet to get like your water and whatever stuff in your metal. So you don't like, I don't know where anyone is that I like related to or whatever. So I'm walking around and I'm about to leave the, like the little running camp and some volunteer taps me on the shoulder and she's like, Hey, Hey, do you need a medic? And I turn around and it's like, for no, for what? And she's like your ankle. And I turn around and I see it. It's like dripping in blood at this point. I was like, Oh no, I can't feel that. Thank you though. And then I saw my parents and I went to go say hi to them. And I just remember her face. She was like, what the heck? <laughs> but it's true. I had no idea. It didn't hurt at all. The chafing, armpit chafing was infinitely more painful really? than the bloody heels. But no one ever talks about that. Like that was like, I felt that at like mile 15. I was like, did oh, you put like a bad. lube? Yeah. I put body glide everywhere every single time, but I just can't win with the armpits. I've talked to other people about this who do it and they just like equally, it's just like, it just happens. Just run with your arms like further away from your body. <laughs> Probably should. You're going to look crazy. So, yeah. I think it was also just because it's super dry because it doesn't happen as bad in Florida, I will say. Hmm. Not complaining. I'll take the 40 degrees and cool weather any day. So what are your plans athletic wise for the rest of the year? I'm kind of torn. So I ran with my cousin and she did BQ. So she'll probably train again for Boston in the spring to do it. And 
I would need to train for another one and then not be able to do it till the next year. But that's like a lot. It's like three years of staying decently in so shape. So correct me if I'm wrong. To, to run the Boston Marathon, you have to hit 330. Depends on your age group and your gender. But yes, for both of us, my cousin and myself, it's 330. Okay. So she, get, she got like 322 or something. Mm-hmm. And then so she can run it. If she gets in, you still have to apply next spring, which looks like I can't, which is fine. But then I'm like, okay, do I want to do another one this year and then do that one the following year? Or do I want to do something else? I don't really know exactly. My plan for right now is just have an enjoyable in shape. So just dial in on nutrition and sleep and then just get to like baseline. Like I'm going to keep my mileage up this summer, but like uh, not go as low as I was before the marathon, but not stay as high as it was during. Mm-hmm. And then by September, I'll reevaluate and probably pick like a February race, which mm-hmm. will be a half or full. Okay. Probably full. Sounds like thought. a decent plan. Not too crazy. Yeah. And then recover while I'm traveling and stuff this summer. And I don't really want to have structure and it's been nice. And then hit it again in the fall. You can't really train in Florida in the summer is a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be running, but I'm not going to be like training. So something I want to point out while Anna was training for her marathon is the change in diet. So we went from someone who ate very little refined carbs, which hashtag low carb, love it, love it and hate it at the same time. We can also talk about that. Um, Went from not eating a lot of carbs to eating a bunch of like fruit smoothies, carbs all the time. And then tell us your favorite (laughs) snack and tell us how much of it you eat per day. I'll answer that and then I'll give a, a a big background but uh golden grams the cereal about a box a day about a there was a yes during so like the the training cycle peaks out like four weeks before the race i'd say and when i was doing high volume i was going through like they come in two pound bags at walmart and i would get about two of those a week so yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the two pound bag literally it's like two boxes. during like race prep she would like every single b-reel was her at walmart getting more with, uh, yeah. golden grams which is crazy to me. <laughs> have you dialed down on the Golden Grams since then? I have not had any since after the marathon. Wow, just cold turkey. Yeah. I had some the weekend of the marathon, but I had What not. is it about the Golden Grams specifically? Oh, probably the high amount of sugar that they contain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always liked Golden Grams. I don't think you've ever had the one where I actually make them into the s'mores that they are so delicious. But that sounds where... delicious. And she eats them dry, you guys, just from the mm-hmm. bag. I had a friend in elementary school who would eat her cereal with water, like in the bowl. So I don't, it's not like I'm anti-milk and cereal at all. Just like to me, cereal is like a dessert. And so I'm just like eating. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like snacking on it. And Golden Grams, you really, yeah, they're, they have a special place in my heart. I have a box that was a gift that's uh, sitting in my place right now, which when I come back from being where I'm doing right now, which I guess we can get into, I will eat and i'm very excited for that what are you doing right now uh i'd say right now probably keto but into low carb ah okay let's talk about that so also ironic because we're always opposite right you and me always uh you're high i'm low (laughs) you're high carb i'm low carb well okay can i defend that too though because i do want to explain it because i have a well go ahead you finish yours okay so you were extremely high carb probably Mm -hmm. like 200 carbs a day Oh, more. More? Uh, well, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll I don't even know what the average is supposed yeah. to be. So to me, 200 is a lot because I'm, I've been trying to stay below like 50. Yeah. So 500 carbs today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I'm over here losing body fat as we speak, uh, which is probably terrible for fertility. I'm like extremely low carb. You're extremely high carb. And I just have to say I was jealous of you at times. Well, I feel like, you know, it's when guys are like, I got to eat like all this food for all these calories. That's kind of how I felt like in the middle of training where I was like, I have to eat, I have to eat, which is true. You do. And I'm not, I'm very pro. Like, I mean, I went into running, I put off running a marathon for a very long time because I thought I was going to get injured. I've just always assumed I was going to get injured. I've gotten injured historically whenever I'm training for stuff. And the last two years I've had very clean running, which is good because I've been weightlifting like i've started implementing actual good things but i just always thought it was gonna happen when i did a full so when i was really concerned about it 
like the biggest reason people get hurt is under fueling and then overtraining. And I knew I wasn't overtraining. I was following my plan. I had everything dialed in there and like I was cross training. So the only like variable was diet mm-hmm. and I knew caloric intake was important. And I known that I had historically, like just subconsciously, not like there was no effort put into this, but like done low carb prior. So all my casual running and even the two halves that I did earlier were like just normal me, which is, I guess, low carb. But I'm not like tracking anything at this point. Mm-hmm. That's just how it was. And then I'm getting into this like marathon podcast hole, right? Where you're just listening and listening and mm-hmm. listening. That's and me with my is, IT band just on replay. Yeah. And there's, and everyone has their opinion. So I'm not going to say some are right or wrong, but there's a lot of running things that'll tell you, you got to eat carbs. You got like, you just got to make sure you're eating and you got to have this, even if it's cereal, like la la la. So I'm feeling like very good about myself <laughs> eating my golden grams, which is true. If you're not going to eat, I'd probably to an extent say you should just have surplus calories more than like not eating for sure right but at the same time i did not need to because i was already like pretty used to not doing it but um and like you need it when you're actually running so i'm like obviously i'm consuming carbs when i'm racing but that's like performance versus like training which is two different phases of what you're going through but that was in my mind. So that's like, like having this, like, I need to do this. I need to do this. Also, I'm not getting injured yet. So obviously something's working. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I was like, okay, but I don't like what's actually happening to my body because this is not what I want. What happened to your body? Well, I just gained weight, which I knew which was going to Which is crazy. Happen. It's crazy that you're, tra- you're, how many miles were you running on a, on your like biggest training week? 50? No, we only actually ever hit like 42. Okay. But, but most people go up as high How as 15. How does somebody gain weight while running 42 miles a week? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. No. Like the amount of, of calories that you must yeah. be eating. It's insane. Well, then I'm doing like all these metrics online. This at the, for the very first time when I was like, I started thinking I was under eating because I'm reading all these things and I'm like, I don't want to under eat. I'm doing all the little metrics I and stuff. I was worried about you when and you insane. first started training. I was like, she's going to lose like 50 pounds and she's going to be scary. Well, I think what people... The, the real distinction is a lot of people will start running to lose weight. So then they'll sign up for a race and try to lose weight. But I think running's a great way to lose weight, but they're opposite things, training and then like losing weight. So if you're training mm-hmm. for a race, you're actively putting stress on. And like your whole point is to like, it's like you're like rewarding your body. So like you have, mm-hmm. if you're, you're stressing it and you have to feed it and people will, I'm not saying you have to gain weight. You should not necessarily be gaining tons of weight while you're running even if you're training, but I I get what you're meaning, meaning. So like to perform at an athlete's best thing, you need to have fuel. You need to have calories. Well, yeah. And like, so like right now, this last month, what I'm going to be doing is just normal running. So if I wanted to lose weight, I could comfortably cut or maintain. And that would be like, fine. Cause you're not not increasing my mileage. You're not crazily pounding your body with all of this stress. Like you're, you're at a reasonable level. So, which also begs the question, you think that my, IT band issue could be from the weight loss. Uh, I mean, I think so only because whenever my injuries appear, they're usually after extreme, like not extreme, but like weight loss or just like fluctuations in weight mm-hmm. kind of thing. And which, but in conjunction with overtraining, it's like usually those are the classic running traits too. Like you'll lose some weight, then you'll like go on a long run, long runs, plural, and then like foot injuries, whatever, like stuff like that. So what, okay, let me ask you <laughs> if you were my PT. What would you tell me to do? Since you don't like what my doctor told me, tell me. And I Tessa, just think he's vague. I'm Tessa, not- <laughs> you can also chime in here. To be very happy for that one. I don't know because, like, I I love the experiment of one, which is me, and I'm fine to test on me, and I feel great about doing that. And I'm very in tune with me, but I have no idea if what I'm saying is okay. Anna Disclaimers or- aside. Well, let's I'm saying like it. I don't know like how everyone reacts, but I would say I would say. I would say in general, probably increased caloric intake, but I don't know what your base is and which, how, how much you're actually hitting to see if that's necessary. But, Neither do I. Okay, well then, I'd probably track that for a week so you can figure that out kind of thing and then know. It's really hard to just... It's it's easy to just say just eat more when, when my diet is so limited. Oh, so I'm, like, that's there, extremely me, I know. hard. <laughs> I can't just eat three tortillas to make up. I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just have to eat a lot, you have to cook a lot of meat pretty much is what I'm in the situation of. I need a ton of meat, a ton of avocados, a ton of protein. Like that's just what I'm consuming 24/7 now. Do you think, Dr. Anna, if I go back to my diet, my regular diet of no, pizza, I don't think you'll Taco feel Bell, good. do you think my hip will be better? No. I'm not Why saying not? they're like one-to-one related either. Why not? Because the pain's already there. Like it's not like... I need to fuel up my body 
Yeah. But then that over time and stretching and stuff too, it's the same thing. Like if I get an over injury, overuse injury because I've lost weight, it's not like me putting on weight is going to help. It's like, you have to take time off. You have to rest it. You have to do this and you have to let your body heal. And by letting your body heal, you have to have the correct caloric intake for that moment. And then also the extra calories it takes to heal versus like, so you didn't answer the question. What should I do? I don't know. The, the confusing thing, I guess, for me, for you, is that like I would say I would stop doing things and then rest. Would you stop doing these PT exercises that he told me to do that have made my knee hurt today? No. See, that's what I'm saying. Like To me, there's a trigger, which is running, but I don't know what you would stop is my point. I don't know how to... Right, because I'm barely doing is. anything as it is. It's, and when you rested, you said it hurt more, so that's confusing too. When did I say that? You said you didn't do anything and it still kept hurting. Right. Like it didn't improve. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. And by the way, it doesn't hurt. It just clicks. Now my knee hurts, but that's recent. Anyways, yeah. we're, getting, we're getting too deep into this. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we are uh, turning into, I don't even know what this is Are we on. like a health podcast now? I did some deep diving though. Cause I'm not necessarily, I say I'm like, I did some scientific reading on this low carb thing too. So I got some resources for you. I need to share. Just letting you know. Okay, noted. Also, just thought of this. AI. Oh, Can we talk about that? Okay, so the reason I'm bringing it up is because, first of all, I was just running through my head. I was like, can we get away with not editing this episode at all? Probably. Which, by the way, I told Rachel like uh, a couple months ago. This that- is a different Rachel for those listening. No, I told you. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> referencing your other friend, Rachel. No. I was like, that's I weird. Told Why you would they assume? Why would they know your other friend, Rachel? <laughs> You have no idea what story's going. You just assume I'm not talking about you. We're conversing right now. My mind's just like in the negative always. Anyway, I told her about this thing that my friend from work did that was like auto edits podcast. Mm -hmm. Like probably back in October, I told you this because I thought maybe that would make your life easier. And you said, no, that's not the hard part. Not removing sound. It's like removing whatever stuff like ideas or whatever that you want to take out. And then now yesterday or whatever this week, you're like, by the way, there's this thing that auto cleans it. And I was like, I know I told you like nine months ago, there's a chance that this podcast episode has been edited by AI. If you notice fast cuts, no spaces, that's the AI baby. I'm curious though. I just don't have the energy to like install it on my computer and like figure it out. So maybe if you want to help me with that, that would be so good. Install, install the AI. (laughs) No, because seriously, the reason I don't keep up with the podcast is because editing takes two hours. It's not this that takes yeah. up energy. Like we talk all the time. So it's just, we just pull out the mic. Yeah. It's the editing. So either we clean up our speech and don't have to edit at all, which chances are that's what happened here in this episode. We cleaned up long our speech. Spa- long space. If you heard that long space, that means <laughs> this podcast was not edited. I'm serious. Can we do that? Either I mean, A, stop editing. I'll just throw the intro outro music. Ding, 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 ding. That one. Or you install AI on my computer. Help me run it. How about this? To clarify, it's not AI, okay? But continue. Let's talk about AI in general. Do we really need to? We can save it. Let's save it for, let's table this discussion, save it for an, an actual topic. Yeah, you know how we, we used to have like topics? more knowledge gained before we delve into I that one. I don't think so. <gasps> you forgot to remind me about my fascial massage. First of all, have you had one? Well, I just did a sport. I've never gotten a massage before. And I finally, I told myself if I run a marathon, I can get one. So I just got, and I almost didn't do it, but I did go last she week. She found some sketchy place in the hood. It was like 90 bucks for 60 minutes. And it surprisingly, a, it was good, right? Yeah. It ended up being at a CrossFit location, but it was a sports massage, which is, I don't know what the difference is, but I know it's supposed to be like, I don't I'm assuming a myofascial, like it's a deep tissue massage. So myofascial massage is when they take, so they did my quads, right? They, they squeeze the skin on like to pinch it and then they roll it. So they separate the fascia from the muscle. It is the most painful yeah. yet like glorious thing at the same time. If you love deep tissue massages, which I do, you would love it. But I'm sore from it. He was like, yeah, you're going to be sore from this. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm freaking sore from this. They did like deep tissue work and I was, and he only did my left side and I was like, are you going to do my right leg too? And he was like, well, do you want me to? I was like, yeah, like make it even. Why would I want to walk out of there feeling like lopsided? Did I tell you he pulled my leg? 
I don't even know what that means. So, <laughs> before I leave the the sports medicine doctor, he lines up my ankles and he holds my two ankles in his hands, like at the end of the table. And he's like, yeah, your left foot's like longer than your right. Or no, he's like, yeah, your left leg is longer than your right leg which for the record, my right foot is a whole size bigger than my left foot. So not only that, not only the foot thing, the leg thing. And I'm like, great. I'm not Here's another thing. Here's another thing that's wrong with me. So he pulls my right leg or whichever leg was long, shorter and he pulls it and he's like, all right, fixed it. What? So, so yeah, yeah. Two hours later. Do you feel taller? No, I, feel, I like I said, I feel worse. My knee hurts. <laughs> Anyways, he said that uh, potential... <laughs> potential hip like uh, pelvis disalignment could add to the stress of the hip so not necessarily is it the cause we don't know but it doesn't help so he said regular adjustments can help i'm happy at least silver lining 40 dollar copay okay deep tissue d- deep tissue massage yeah amazing really for the massage amazing for 40 bucks. and you know what the guy I heard them outside i heard them outside they were like yeah her insurance covers brandon send him in i was like Hell yeah, whatever that is, I'm glad I have insurance for it. That was the massage guy. So that was awesome. Hip x-ray, ultrasound, adjustment, 40 bucks. Are you kidding? I'll take it. But that's probably because my deductible has been met from my fertility (laughs) stuff. (laughs) So at the end of the day, we're all paying for it anyway, but a silver lining, I didn't have to pay like $500. Yeah, that's actually kind of nice. Like really nice. Also, here's another bad thing. I got to, okay, roll it back, roll it back. I talked about my fertility bills in a vlog, basically about $2,000 worth of bills for all the testing and whatnot, which I expected because my friends told me whatever. That's the amount that I could expect. Two weeks later, after I got those bills, another bill rolls in $1,300. Diagnosis code or CPT code was Look at that knowledge. original or like initial diagnostics and testing. And I emailed them. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> in that tone uh, and I was like why am I getting this $1,300 bill for overall testing when I've paid for my individual tests one by one roll them in as they roll rolling them in I was paying them and now I get this bill <laughs> for overall general testing I'm like, first of all, is this for the doctor's time, for the two consults I had, $1,300? Are you kidding me? So I'm still waiting to hear back on that. Oh, you haven't? I thought there was going to be No, I haven't heard back. I haven't heard back. I haven't paid it yet. I don't have enough money in my HSA to pay it. You should know billing account codes by now. I do. What does that one say? BS? It's literally, it's literally, let me say it so that in case you guys, uh, in case anyone hears a medical biller or coder, it's it's outrageous while i pull since we're not editing this while i'm putting it pulling this up please talk to them yeah so my point being is i fell deep into the you need a lot of carbs for running and there's going to be a lot of people who say that and i have no proof yet that say that you don't for a marathon i can say quite clearly that you don't for other distances but as a result I'm cutting hard back now, which I knew I was going to need to do for like a three-week reset, which is the quote-unquote keto. So tell us your diet now, now that you're keto. Now that we're keto twins. I Well, I don't really like the idea of tracking because I know it will not be good for me, but I just knew I needed to do it initially. So I'm just going to go hard for like a couple weeks before the summer. And then, which is just, like you said, try to keep it between like lower so than 40 tell grams. tell us a typical day in the life. What do you eat? Uh, I don't eat breakfast, but I never have, but I did when I was running because I was starving because I'd have like cereal and so much carbs. And I would just like the, like, it's insane. I got some like deep thoughts on this. Like there's like an industrial, like backroom complex kind of thing that's going about like why we are pushing like super saturated, like processed carbs, sugar, I should say like, because it's a cycle. But anyway, I was eating breakfast and I'm not eating breakfast now, but that's not normal for me. Like it's more and more normal for me to not. So a cup of coffee in the morning, black, because that's where I'm at right now. And I'm loving it. For lunch today, I had six chicken wings from Publix <laughs> and I dipped them in homemade guacamole that I made. And then I had like five pieces of those like mozzarella block cheese things or whatever this is really weird though like this is not what i'm normally going to be doing like i said this is just what i'm doing now that literally sounds like my diet exactly 
And then it was, I've made a bunch of chicken and meat over the weekend. So I've had that and then uh, meatballs. And so I've just been rotating between those three things pretty much for every single, for lunch and dinner. Okay. I found the code. It's nine, nine, four, nine, nine. They're going to be so confused. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not confusing. <clears throat> a nine, nine code for the record. Here's a, a good educational for you guys. A nine, nine CBT code that starts with nine, nine is an office visit code. Mm-hmm. This one says initial diagnostics and workup originally $1,500. The insurance paid on my behalf, 189. Oh, how kind of them. So kind. And now I owe 1300. So uh, slide into the emails. If you know, if you know how I can fight this, I don't really care at the end of the day because I have a deductible and we're going to do fertility treatments later this year. So it's all the same to me, but for the sake of knowledge and for the sake of People fighting, who aren't going to hit their deductible. fighting the fight just to fight. That's what I want to do. It's the principle. Yeah. So anyways, yes, we're both keto now. I need to figure out if I'm going to stay what, by the way, I'm not in ketosis. I don't think you are either. No, nor do I actively promote keto. It's just more, right. I say it's like basically low, low refined carb. I'm eating more whole grains. I'm going back though. My point is this is a temporary thing and I knew it's going to be a temporary thing. And there's You're a, going back to the carb life. Not the high carb life that I was under and running, but I'll go back to what I was doing pre-marathon essentially, right, which right, is right. like not carrying and eating what I wanted, but naturally it was lower. I had I Taco Bell for the first time. I saw that yesterday. Was that yesterday? It's Last night? Mile, I'm very tempted oh, to do. It was so good. Okay. Here's what happened. So we had dinner. I don't even remember what I we had. dinner you had Taco We had steak. I just had steak. No, nothing else. Literally <laughs> just steak. AJ had rice. I was just eating the steak. See, this is why, because you just make like depressing meals. What am I supposed to do? Literally, nobody's helping me. So so then I'm like, frick, okay, I'm starving. So I make like a rice cake with peanut butter and chocolate chips on top. Stale. But I I shove it down. I eat it. Still hungry. Okay, now we're going to go to Taco Bell. Because I'm like, you know what, guys? I'm injured. I need the calories. I don't want to keep losing weight. Lost 10 pounds already. We got to do something about it. So there's where I am. It felt so good to eat that Taco Bell, you guys, because I haven't had it in three months. We sound insane right now. Yeah. (laughs) I have not gotten more comments on a single topic in my life. People are triggered by diets. Yeah, they are. And I knew they would be. And part of it's for engagement, honestly. I so, think, though, there's a lot of good people out there you can listen to that are normal, that are not the same you're not, but, like, they're... When I had, like, was realizing this, I was like, let me do some reading. And I was like, these are good people who are just promoting what they think. And I don't really know if it's going to work. If no, I trade for yeah. another half full with it, then I'll let you know. I it. love the people. Love. I'd have nothing against people. But what I, what I was saying was... I got so many paragraphs of comments from literally like everybody saying, you have to stop doing this. You have to do this. You have to do this. You can't do that. Like paragraphs of text. Yeah. I'm like, people care a lot about what other people eat. Well, they care a lot without any actual information. That's what I'm annoyed well, some by. Of them, some of them were like, I'm a registered dietitian and you're doing great. Don't like overthink it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, honestly, thank you. Yeah, for but I can tell you me. how many registered dietitians also told me to promote like a super high caloric intake for running, like, or not caloric, but like carbs. Like it's, it's very subjective. It depends on what you're doing. And I'm not anti-carbs at all. I think they're very necessary, but there's a difference of quality and quantity. It's like different mindsets of like, there's old school and there's new school. There's different approaches with any field. There's different science that comes out. And for some reason, nutrition is one of those. Well, it's because you can't shame people. That's why. So like there's a right way, there's a wrong way. Anything between you're like fat shaming or judging people, whatever kind of stuff. I read all of them, didn't reply. Lately, I've just had not had the energy to reply to comments at all. Yeah. Which the one piece of steak didn't really do it for you. You laugh, but like it's the truth. You're like, it's the truth, but you know what, Anna, I'm in between a rock and a hard place. Okay. Did you sing that? What? Morgan Wallace. <laughs> Do you not listen to his new music? Um, <clears throat> I have so many things By I want to say. Anyway, I'm going to explain that joke. I get it. Yeah, but now they think I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> They're smart. <clears throat> you forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I derailed you there. I did. No edits. No edits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in between a rock and a hard place. And no, he didn't invent that saying. I hope you don't think that. But his most popular song is between... I've never even heard it. 
Um, okay. Anyways, back to fertility. I don't know what to do. Part of me thinks, (laughs) part of me thinks we should just do IVF because we can and it'll be free. Okay. When I bring that up to anyone, my friends and family, they are saying, no, that's insane. You don't just do that. And I'm like, I'm right with you on that. I agree. But AJ's also like, let's just do it. And I'm like, dude, do you not understand how invasive it is, how stressful it can be? The, the, the debate over the embryos, are they life, whatever, from the Christian perspective, which we can do a whole podcast on, I which I, say, I'm not ready for this one. I thought we were saying that for later. <laughs> so there's so many things that are involved in IVF that I just don't want to just do it because it's free. But at the same time, AJ's not going to have this insurance forever, or maybe he will. I don't know. So basically, I think we're going to do a couple of IUIs, which is intrauterine insemination. It's basically like the step before IVF. It's not really invasive. Basically, they give me a drug to make me ovulate, and then they take AJ's sperm and put it inside me at the right place at the right time. Chances of that working are between 10 and 20% per cycle, and they recommend only doing three because after three, your chances are not going up so my theory my idea is what is it per cycle naturally 20 percent. the same basically it's the same the only time an iui will help is if the reason you're not getting pregnant is cervical blockage meaning the mucus in your cervix is preventing the sperm from getting where it needs to be but if there's any other issue it's not gonna help basically we have a consult on may 24th and basically i'm gonna ask him Number one, can we talk about my spotting? Because I've been having a lot of spotting 10 days before my period, which is not normal. So I'm going to ask him if he wants to test me for progesterone. Number two, we're probably going to do IUIs later, which will be free. So that's nice because we paid everything up front. Also, I'm going to ask him the low carb thing because I feel like people think that he told me to cut out every single carb and he didn't. Okay, that was me. I was going to say, you certainly <laughs> explain it that way. <laughs> well, he told me to limit my refined carbs, which, and I was like, say less. I think most people should do, so I'm yeah. team for that. So I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him, look. But he didn't say lower caloric intake, and I think that's a the misnomer that's happening. Right, right, but I wasn't trying to do that either. That just happens naturally. Correct, because you have to be actively on top of so it. So I'm going to ask him, hey, dude. Is it better for me to be low carb and be at a lower weight? Or is it better for me to be moderate carb at a moderately higher weight? What about low carb, moderately higher weight? That's very difficult. Very. How many avocados do you expect me to eat? I mean, you got it. <laughs> Name it. Name a number. Three a day? Impossible. How many calories are you trying to eat? Apparently more than I'm eating now. I'm not hungry. That's the thing. I'm not like depriving myself she's reached ultimate satiation <laughs> the ketosis That's what is working happens when you eat high protein high fat you're not hungry facts yeah fact check me i mean i know yet yeah, your insulin is in check it makes sense yeah i still am hungry so anyways let's change the topic we have a couple of questions from you guys on ig ig some say uh someone asked if i'm doing the podcast with or without anna mm. yes <laughs> I love the podcast. Miss you guys so much. You guys are so cool. Uh, Someone asked, what are your goals now that you're done with the marathon? We already talked about that. Oh, since Hoka's didn't work for Rachel, what are Anna's running shoe of choice? My my answer to people when they ask me this is whatever doesn't hurt your feet, which is subjective. Personally, I run a Nike Zoom Structure 24s and I have like 34 pairs of them because I buy them and just keep them. But... I've gone through a lot of different shoes and it just kind of depends on what doesn't hurt. I like running more neutral slash minimally. If you watched Rachel's video, I explained my mm-hmm. Have you heard thoughts. of those barefoot shoes? I wore Vibrams for a while. Like when I was 12. The ones with the toes? Yeah, Vibram Five Gingers. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, I've run barefoot. I've run with those. I've run barefoot. I've done it all. I've hurt myself in college running barefoot again, like with the Vibrams. Certain people who listen to this podcast can attest to that. Hmm. I've done it all. Like I've done everything in the same way. Well, like I entered running at a very trendy running stage. I feel like when barefoot was a thing and whatever. Will Rachel be inspired? This is from Kelly. Will (laughs) Rachel be inspired by Anna's running and take up running so we can all do a race? 
that would be my no. dream come true <laughs> never uh shout out to kelly though who shout next out. week i don't know when you're gonna edit this by i'm not editing it it's going up baby well, tomorrow shout out to kelly who a week from tomorrow is going to be doing her triathlon and or sorry half iron man let me get it straight oh yeah and i'm very excited for that so kelly this one's for you also follow kelly leonard on youtube and tiktok leonard <laughs> how do you say her name leonard leonard it's spelled leonard you are right it's kelly leonard if you're into fitness she's doing iron man she's the best she's a beast we love her we do love kelly she's hilarious okay we got an email we're gonna knock through this we have a couple of emails from you guys love it love it okay hi rachel and anna i have thoroughly enjoyed listening to the podcast and watching your videos on youtube i have a couple of questions that i feel you may be able to give good advice on My husband and I got married two years ago after dating slash engaged for two years. Since we've gotten married, his mom has had the tendency to randomly ask about our financial situation. I've told my husband that I want that information kept between the two of us and asked him to not tell her anything specifically, aka answer in vague, non-numeric ways. He, on occasion, while I'm not around, has told her exact numbers on things like utility bills, medical bills, and even tax payments slash returns for annual filings. When I catch wind of these sporadic discussions between them, I confront them separately and express my reasoning on why I want that information kept private. My heaviest reason being biblical, Matthew 19, 5 through 6. You want to look that up? Matthew 19, 5 through 6. Typically, they both get somewhat defensive body language when I confront them about the topic, but I don't know why. We haven't asked for any financial help. I work in accounting slash finance for goodness sake nor are we dependent on my parents or his. My question is, what boundaries can I set in place to where my husband respects my wishes on keeping financial information private, but also maintain a healthy relationship between the three of us? Am I being too sensitive about our finances? Thank you for spending your time giving advice. Keep up the good work. It's the passage on marriage, but therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. I feel like this is a, you would know more about this, I would say, but very individual thing. And uh, as in like, I think some people would be completely fine with telling their parents everything. And I think some people, I don't think you should have to though. So I agree with her on that. Yeah. I think it's weird that they keep doing it, even though you've already said that you don't like it, but also some families are totally different. Like my family, we talk about finances all the time and we all want to know what's up with everybody. Like we're all talking about taxes and bills or whatever. So we like that stuff, but other families that I know of don't ever talk about that stuff. So it's like totally dependent on the vibe or like how they grew up. So maybe his family grew up just being super open and concerned about money. Maybe it's from a concerned point of view. Maybe his mom struggles with financial anxiety, it sounds like, to the point where she worries about you guys, even though it's not necessarily correct. Uh, A lot of people have anxiety about money. So I am with her, though, or at least my thoughts would be if I'm her in the situation, which I don't really care talking about it. If someone starts, I will. That's my, like, uh, Mm -hmm. stance on it. I don't normally bring it up, but... I would hope that my husband and I would discuss this and be on the same page, I guess. But I guess maybe he's thinking the same thing, so. Or maybe he's like, I don't see the big deal. Like, she's my mom and we're open about finances. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've already talked to them about it, so I'm not sure what the next step would be. You may have to let it go. Like, choose your battle. Like, if he... Okay, I guess you're a Christian because you referenced the Bible. He's your husband. He... Uh, should lead you and you should submit to him. So if you've expressed your concern and he still thinks that he wants to talk to his mom about his finances, then that just may be how it is. You know what I mean? Like it may not be worth fighting over. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say. She's asking for your advice. That's what I would say. Unfortunately, we don't have all the control in marriage. We have to let the other person be sometimes and that's hard, but... I really enjoy watching your channel. I just learned you have a podcast. Well, welcome. Uh, welcome here. I'm a 25... Normally, we edit the podcast, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a 25-year-old nurse moving to the area myself, Delray Beach. I was just there for my sports medicine appointment. By the way, we're in the pitch dark right now. <laughs> the sun has set. 
And wanted to know your recommendation on the best things to do, activities, places to eat, and ways to make friends. I'm hoping one day I'll be able to come to your mom's dermatology practice as well. Ooh, nice. Delray, so that's a little bit ways away from us, uh, close to Boca-ish. More familiar with Fort Lauderdale myself, got some cute coffee shops, restaurants. Delray Beach, I've heard that the night scene is there, is pretty good there. Uh, can't really help you much on Delray, but if you want to come down south, I'm here for you. Come visit my mom's practice. Say hi. We love new patients from all areas of the world. Best way to make friends, Anna? <laughs> uh, church. That would be my go-to community. True, I, true. I think it's hard to make community outside of work these days if you don't have family or church. So if that's offensive, I'm sorry. Yeah, join a small group. Where you can get to know people more deeply. Hang out at coffee shops. Do the uh, same thing over and over again. I have go so to many the little runner friends. Hey. Just wave at me in the park. <laughs> hang out at the gym. Hang you know, out saw, at the gym. I saw this. Huh. So. <laughs> Don't work out. Just hang out there. Exactly. I saw Looking this TikTok. Friends. And it was like, go to the nicest hotel in your area and hang out at the bar if you want to re- meet like rich men. Oh, that's that friendship so, she's yeah. looking for. <laughs> No, but the same idea, like hang yeah. out, hang out in places where you'll find like-minded people. Yeah. If you have a dog, go to the dog park, hang out there and just say yes. I know that's hard for me, especially because I'm an introvert and I hate small talk and socializing with people I don't know. To me, it feels like a waste of time. So if you're like me, you have to make a conscious effort to do that small talk, smile, even though it's fake, whatever. Because once you get past the small talk, that's where like the real gem is. So crossing that barrier. And if you're like me, it just all happens so naturally and so easy and there's no effort and I don't have to do anything for my friendships. I just appear and they follow. That's a joke. (laughs) Not far off from the truth though. I'll say that. That's inaccurate. I like that word. I know exactly every single comment I'm making is staying in. All right, one more email here. I actually forwarded this, forwarded this to you on April 4th. Did you read it? Yeah, this one's heavy. You you remember it? Yeah, because it's oh. heavy. Let me drink some water. <laughs> mm, it's heavy. Let me get my water. <laughs> yeah. You know, I almost bought, brought, we've never done this before, but I thought it could be fun, and then I didn't, so I'm sorry. But the tequila that you got me from Mexico, because it's Cinco de Mayo, and oh. I was like, that would have been fun. You know, we had the... A drug rep come today. She brought us tacos from Lime Fresh Mexican Girl. <laughs> and she also brought us two things of margaritas. Oh, yeah. I've had the, not those, Which but, we yeah. couldn't drink because we were working. Like We had patients in the afternoon. But but you took them home? No, I, I, I think my mom took them. Alcohol is probably not good for me right now with all my <laughs> health issues. I want a margarita right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a margarita episode. I'm a, that would be funny. A whole episode on it? No, like we are drinking oh. while we're doing it. Yeah. That would be funny. Loosen up a little bit. Hey, girls. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, and I love it. Thanks for putting time into it. Well, thank you for recognizing the effort that it takes. As you requested, I am an ENFP, LOL. Perfect. I love that. Extrovert, intuitive, feeling, perspective, something like that. I enjoy your conversations about God and religion a lot. I have a bit of a story with my upbringing and I'm not going to bore you with it, but long story short, I've been baptized as a kid and was raised in Russian Orthodox church until the age of 10, 12. This is what you don't see guys. My heavy breathing. (laughs) I have always loved the idea of God and religion in general. Unfortunately, my mom and dad aren't religious whatsoever. And as I got older, I got far away from church. Nothing crazy, just started questioning things more and at some point I thought it wasn't for me. Being a history and historical science graduate didn't help either. Interesting. I'm 27. Normally you hear that from like science, not history. Yeah. History, I would think, would prove more than disprove from all of the proof that I've seen. I'm 27 now and much wiser. LOL. I want to return to God, or at least try it again. There's so much to discover and unfold. By the way, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson was a big push into this direction. I believe, Rachel, you love that book too. It's a great book. I love Jordan Peterson. How would you recommend to start? I moved to the U.S. recently, and I'm still in the process of adaptation here. 
I think it might be important for the context of this question. Just to make things more complicated, I cringe a lot at some American churches. I've been to mostly evangelical ones because Russian Orthodox have a very different approach and tradition. Also, I don't think Russian Orthodox works for me for the very same reasons. So I'm a mess. I've even tried to go to some church centers. However, I can't find anything that resonates with me at all. Thanks for your time and support. P.S. Side note, wanted to shout out Anna. Shout out. You are very inspiring and intelligent, like your way of challenging ideas and the way you narrate your thoughts. And Rachel, I I follow your IG and YT, so obviously I find you very interesting and inspiring as well. Ha ha ha. Thank you. I am going to say something here. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should check out a Presbyterian church. I don't want to be the one to say it. Because... You're coming from two extremes. You're Russian Orthodox, which is my, okay, believe it or not, not to make this about me, but my mom's dad in Romania was a Russian, not, no, I'm sorry. He was a Romanian Christian Orthodox priest. So she grew up in that uh, zone and then her mom uh, and dad got divorced. Her mom became Pentecostal. So just wanted to say that. So you're coming from Orthodox, which is so like religious and strict and like almost like Catholicism, and you're going to uh, evangelical church, which is like those churches that you see on TikTok where they're doing crazy things and and whatnot, even though I go to kind of that kind of church, but not quite. So I think a good in-between for you would be Presbyterian or something of that nature where it's a little bit of both. You have less rules, less tradition so to speak but you still have a lot of structure and a lot of um i don't know how would you even describe it anna i would say uh yes and then side note too there's a thing called orthodox presbyterian church because some if you go to like a pc usa church it's going to fall in the branch of like more of the evangelical experience that you had so i'm just saying if you want like super solid cannot go wrong orthodox presbyterian church opc but I would say to answer your question, it's uh, it's ba- like based in doctrine and liturgy, which I think you crave the structure and the non, uh, like the more less emotional and more just uh, like factual. Yeah, but there is. I mean, I'm not saying that there's. I mean, that's what people with Presbyterian gets hate for that for not being as emotional. I think there's a lot of beauty to uh, the knowledge and everything that comes with it. So I'm not gonna. That's a different hill to die on. But I think. Obviously, I was biased, but I would say Presbyterianism as well would be my thought of how Mm -hmm. to get into it. Also, something similar would be Baptist. So uh, very similar to Presbyterian in terms of the way the service is run. I know they have different theological beliefs, which at the end of the day, I don't think matter as much as it is to find a church that you like, that you're consistent with, that you find community in, and that believes the core truth that believe in Jesus and you will be saved without having to do XYZ to also be saved. So as long as you find a church that believes that truth and that you vibe with, I think that's the most important thing. So I would Google Presbyterian Baptists in your area and check them out without having to commit, you know, just pop in on a Sunday, see what it's about. And I'd say go continuously because it's hard because I did this. There's a lot of Presbyterian churches and I moved to North Carolina. And so you have to like shop around and figure out where you want to go. So I'd say it's hard, but go continuously talk to people. People are usually really willing to talk. And that's the way you're going to get to know what the church actually believes. And a lot of, at least from what I can say, like Presbyterian churches will have like intro, like Sunday school classes that will give a background of like what they are, why they stand there, like what the fundamental beliefs are. So it's, Mm -hmm. you can get that on top of. And get to know people. That's like usually a good way to meet new people if you're trying to meet new people because everyone else is at the the new intro class kind of thing too. But I'm very proud of you for wanting to go back to the church. Like that's a big move. And I would say lean into that. Don't run away from that feeling like God is pulling you closer to him. So keep at it and, and fight to maintain that feeling because I think you'll be so grateful that you did. Because maybe one day from now, you'll find a church that you love and you'll be closer to God and you'll feel like you're where you're supposed to be. So don't run away just because it's hard. This is true. I mean, I'm going to go hardcore feeling decide. You'll be very grateful salvation perspective wise <laughs> since we're not going to editing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. 
but yeah we love we love these religion emails please don't feel ashamed or weird or embarrassed to ask questions because we want to talk about this at the end of the day we want to entertain you guys but also inspire you guys and lead you into the right direction for no reason we have no qualities or like (laughs) qualifications as you say for this no literally not i feel like that's good though i feel like it's nice to hear from just two regular girls i agree but then sometimes like we just went way into like i just did a lot of running and nutrition (laughs) like i've done a lot of reading and i decently know stuff about this but at the same time i'm like this is all like i said a study of one and i am n equals one so there's but whatever you can ask me more questions if you want i'll give you the resources that i found yeah so i don't know i'm kind of liking this unedited vibe we just you just have to watch your mouth because most of the time what you say is what i have to cut out because i'm like used to filtering myself for youtube but sometimes you'll say the most out-of-pocket stuff well the deal was i can be part of the podcast and i can say whatever i want and it's your brand your channel so i don't have to be as pc as i want because you can just say what you want but now that we're bigger and famous both of us oh i'm still saying whatever i want truth is not gonna be held i mean yes truth but at the same time we have to be not like and we can't come off as hateful, which sometimes, unfortunately, it can come off Correct. as. So we need to be correct in that aspect. Yes. But yes, say your truth always. Say your truth. Yeah, truth is subjective. That's sarcasm. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're going to do an episode on IVF, the ethics behind it. If you have any IVF or ethical questions, concerns. One, we're going to have to talk 45 minutes about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, send in your emails, a small amount of drama at gmail.com. When is our next one? It's going to be after our summer. <laughs> I'm going to be gone no. for like a while. Did you not pay attention? I said, I think we can do it more regularly if we don't edit it. Well, I'm going to be gone in a little bit here. So, okay. We got to <laughs> bank them up, I guess. <laughs> bank them up. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you in the next one. Bye. <laughs>